Welcome to Inside Your Schools, a local podcast from, for, and within the San Luis Coastal Unified School District. Join us for a deep dive into things like innovation, artificial intelligence, empowering student voice, career technical education, school facilities, youth athletics, summer programs, and so much more. So tune in each month and learn more about how San Luis Coastal Unified School District is impacting students, staff, families, and community right here on Inside Your Schools. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Inside Your Schools, the San Luis Coastal Unified School District's monthly podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm your host, Terry Caney, and this is podcast number four, our first of 2024. And this month, we're taking a deeper dive into San Luis Coastal's school facilities. And who better to talk to than the two people who are probably closest to both the funding side as well as the operation side of facilities in the district. And they are Ryan Pinkerton and Chris Bonin. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. And why don't we start by you introducing yourselves and your your role in the district? Well, great. Thank you for having us. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. My name is Chris Bonin. I'm the director of facilities, operations, and transportation. I've been in the school world for about 12 years now, five and a half of those years at San Luis Coastal. Um, yeah. And I'm Ryan Pinkerton. I'm the assistant superintendent of business services for San Luis Coastal. Um, this is my 11th year in this position. Um, prior to that, I was a personnel director for this, for this school district, uh, for a couple of years, then a high school principal for eight years, elementary principal teacher. So this is my 30th year in education. Excellent. Well, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I mean, there's so much to to tackle here, right? And I think that while the facilities and maintenance and operations side of a school district is probably one of the least talked about mm -hmm. and probably one of the least understood departments in the district, the fact is that facilities matter, right? So, and they have a dramatic impact on student learning. So why don't we start there and, and get, why don't you give us a, just a few details around kind of what your philosophies are in regards to school facilities and and why in fact they do matter when it comes to student learning, community pride, et cetera. Go ahead. Well, I you know, a few different things kind of strike out um, to me in terms of looking at facilities and the impact with kids, right? So uh, first, just the the general pride in a campus, the way it looks, the way it feels. Um, you know, especially before we started the construction at the two comprehensive high schools, it, kids didn't even want to use the restrooms, right? Old facilities, not very nice. Um, you know, n not to mention the the need for new and latest technology and equipment and supplies, those types of things. So um, we've been able to accomplish a lot of that with the uh, the two bond measures that are, are moving forward. Um, and, and we're seeing it now. We're seeing um, with with new pools at both the comprehensive high schools, the, the number of kids going out for swimming and water polo opportunities, um, you know, the new uh, theaters at both comprehensive high schools, more and more kids coming out for the theater program and wanting to be involved in um, drama and the sound and, um, you know, choir, those types of things. So it what we're seeing is kind of, it's almost like if you build it, they will come. 
right. type of thing. And so we're seeing that with, you know, in, with those as well as our, a lot of our career technical education. So welding, agriculture, um, engineering. I mean, I can go on and on in terms of the, the career opportunities for kids now uh, with our new facilities. For sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I can dive into the, the, the more of the nuts and bolts piece of it where, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at finishes, we're looking at how to make our custodials, uh, you know, more efficient with their time, you know, like good example of changing from, you know, uh, wax finished floors to concrete, polished concrete, right? We've already seen just in both high schools, how much time that saves them. And you still have a nice finish. It still looks good. So we, that allows them to spend more time cleaning other things, right? And making the, keeping the, the high schools nice and clean and eventually the other sites too. Yeah, I, I would sure. also say too, the pride um, in our community, right? So both San Luis Obispo and Morro Bay High School just finishing off, um, modernizing both of those comprehensive high schools um, and just people it, kind of almost in awe, right? Um you know, kids wanting to be at the school, wanting to participate, wanting to to see the campus. And and I think for all the former graduates, too, and people in our communities that went to the schools, um, really, you know, we, we get a lot of compliments, a lot of uh, people coming back to, you know, how impressed they are with mm-hmm. the way the facilities look. And, um, you know, I think that just leads to a better community, right? Mm-hmm. Real estate values go up. People want to be part of our schools. Um, it, it, it definitely helps just the all around feel, uh, of the environment of both sites. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Well, and I'm sure students treat it better too, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's, again, you, you take a lot of pride in the way things look and the way they are. And, um, and yeah, we're definitely seeing that with kids in terms of, you know, how they, you know, approach the campuses, go through and, and staff as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, you know, I always say it's 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 a shame when your local Taco Bell looks a lot better and feels a lot better than your your local school does, right? Yeah. So there 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 is there is that for sure. Um so before we get into some of the individual projects, I want to talk a little bit about process. I don't think a whole lot of people understand what goes into how facilities are funded, right? The state's role, the timelines, processes around actual construction. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, I know you've um, you've had two recent bond measures, um, one measure D that you were just sort of wrapping up construction on, and then one more recently in 2022, measure C. Um, but a part, but a, a school bond, a facilities bond, different than a partial tax, right? So maybe yes. maybe start there. Talk a little process. Okay. So why don't I, t- I'll talk about the funding aspect of it and I'll have Chris mm-hmm. talk about once the bond passes, what what are the kind of the next steps part mm-hmm. of it. But um, so, so for the general population, you know, again, um, and, and I'm the assistant superintendent of business services, so I sort of oversee the entire budget. So we do have funds um, that go towards maintenance on an annual basis. So again, putting some new carpet in, uh, fixing a roof periodically, you know, some painting, doing some things like that, new asphalt. Um, but there comes a time in, you know, a school's history basically, or, or uh, where they need major repairs. And we're talking everything from, you know, HVAC, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, which has been a big thing with COVID and with the the climate, right? Adding air conditioning to all sites. Um, But things that people don't see as well, sewer infrastructure, water, gas, electricity, 
um, you know, fields maintenance, um, again, new windows, new doors, new door locks. I, I mean, the list goes on and on. New kitchens right. for facilities. Um, and so there is not funding in the school district's budget to do those major improvements. In fact, 85 to 90% of the budget for a school district is people. People. It's yep. teachers, it's classified staff, it's administrators, yep. it's it's that's the major part, right? So that other 15% has to cover a lot of things, which includes sure. some maintenance. But again, even you think of your own home or things like that, you do maintain it throughout. Um, but but eventually you have to do major repairs. So the, really the way in the state of California for that to happen for school districts is to go out for a school bond. Okay. Um, you can go up to $60 per $100,000 of assessed value. So that's what you can ask the public to, you know, to approve. Um, for measure C, as which is our recent bond measure, as well as measure D, um, the board approved and moved forward with a ballot measure for $49 um, per 100000 assessed value. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if you have... You know, if you've lived in your house for 30 years, you know, you're a senior citizen, you're going to be paying on the the assessed value of your home, not what it's currently worth, right? So that's a key thing for people to understand um, right. versus, hey, if you're paying a million dollars for a new home, then yeah, it's 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 going to be, you know, f- you know, more than somebody mm-hmm. who, who had that lower assessed value. So, um, so then it goes to a vote of the people, basically, right? So, uh, you know, in terms of you have to have at least 55% of the voters have mm-hmm. to pass the measure. Um, and, and if you go that route through that process, you also have to set up what's called a CBOC or a Citizens Bond Oversight Committee, which we can talk right. about later. But um, that's one of the things you have to establish um, when you go forward. So we are really fortunate um, the first bond measure, Measure, C, measure D, um, was really focused on the two comprehensive high schools. Um, which actually worked out really well because all kids go through those high schools, exactly. right? So yeah. it was for everyone um, as we went through. That was, at that time, the 49 per 100,000 um, got us uh, $177 million to do improvements um, at the two sites. It seems like a lot of money, but but it's really expensive to, you know, in, yeah. in terms of these updates and the the requirements or restrictions we have to go through to make these changes, right? So, um, so that's... That is the avenue for school district to get this. And again, we rely on our community to pay those taxes, to pay the property taxes, to pass those measures. So we're super fortunate um, in San Luis Coastal and our, our, you know, that our community uh, values education, values our kids, our schools, um, and was willing to do that um, with Measure D initially for the 177 mm-hmm. million uh, to move forward. Um, we then with those dollars, went out and tried to grow that as much as we could. So we received several um, career technical education grants from the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we received uh, a charter school um, grant for Bellevue Santa Fe, which is one of our facilities, um, as well as utilized you know, interest earned on the bond funds, you know, all types of things. So we've turned that $177 million into about $220 million. In terms of the Measure D work that we were completed, um, we have, and the great part of all of that is through Chris's work, our architects, our um, bond project managers, we're able to do almost everything that we said we were going to accomplish with Measure D. Um, Excellent. And then that, of course, made it a lot easier sell when we wanted to move forward with the rest of our campuses with Measure C 
that same $49 per 100,000 with measure C will will give us $349 million to do our 10 elementary schools, our two middle schools, and our continuation school, um, basically bringing them up to the standard that we've now created with our two high schools. Right. And like the former bond, you'll be able to leverage that with state matching funds and things and other grants. And Absolutely. Things, right? right. So going yeah. after those modernization funds, going after any state grants that are available, you know, our hope is to turn that 349 million into 400 million or more right. um, as we proceed over the next you know time period. Um, so we're always looking for ways to, you know, grants or things that we can do right to expand that and, and to really get the biggest bang for our buck um, as we're moving forward. So so again, we had really, I think, almost 70% approval for, um, even though we only needed 55 for Measure D, and I, I want to say like 68% for Measure C. So really fortunate that our community, again, values our kids, our schools. Um, and I think passing Measure C was a, a reflection also um, of their appreciation for the work that was done at the two comprehensive high schools moving right. forward, right? Um, so that's well, the again, fact that you were able to basically tackle every project on the list says something, especially right. given all the you know increased construction costs, et cetera, right? Yeah, and honestly, beautiful facilities. Yeah. I mean, if you anyone to walk through those, we've had public tours. We take people through whenever asked, right? Uh, you know, um, we've had a, a few different groups that um, former graduates, right? Class, you know, class of 60, class, you awesome. know, those types of things walk through and and they're just, you know, shocked and amazed, right? Of, yeah. of how the, the two campuses turned out. So that's that's great work. And again, um, it's one thing to get the funds. It's another thing to do the work, right? And so I'm going to have mm -hmm. Chris talk about, so now that it passed, you know, what goes into then actual before you can actually do construction at a site. Right. Excellent. Right. There's there's a lot a lot to it. it takes a lot of time, mm -hmm. patience, and organization. But you know the the first step for us is to get our pool of architects. Right. Uh, we have a list of needs already. Just because I'm in charge of maintenance too, I understand it. I'm at the sites all the time, and then we also set up a time to go meet with the sites and see what their needs are. You know, and then once we have those architects on board. We sit and we start having our, our, you know, design meetings. And mm -hmm. once, you know, once every other week, they come to my office and we sit around a big table and discuss the process that they're going through. There's different stages through this design process at points where we review them. I sit with my project managers and we review them. Then once all the design process is figured out and we're, we have a full set of plans, that actually goes to DSA, which is the Division of State Architects. That is equivalent to our building department. You know, when you have, when you do something to your house, it's uh, who we report to. And then it, once it goes through that process, which is another lengthy process, can be up to six months. So mm -hmm. once we get that approved set of plans, then we go out to, uh, we put it out to bid, right? And there's different delivery methods depending on what project it is. And then we get the contractor on board and then we start construction. So all that process will take about a year before we even break ground. Right. And then, then depend on the projects, most of them, you know, minimum a year of construction to add on top of that. We're doing all this while school's going on. Right. Exactly. So we're bringing in temporary housing at some sites. We're setting that up, moving teachers out, moving teachers around, you know, they're having to deal with all the, the noise and the construction and mm -hmm. like, so we've done, we're doing, we're continuing to do our, you know, meetings with the sites, bringing them up to speed to, 
know what to expect because they don't really know what they're going to be hit with here pretty soon. You know, I just yeah. did one with my staff last week. Just I met with all my custodials and maintenance guys and, and my supervisor. Just give them a heads up what's coming, you know, mm-hmm. and be prepared. There's a lot to it. But in the end, when everything's done, it's going to look fantastic. It's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. Terrific. And refresh my memory. I, um, are you still obligated to take the lowest bid? So, so we set up a, a, a process basically, depending on which construction delivery method. You have approved um, vendors. We we use, right. So yeah. So there's, there's a whole approval process for people to actually even be able to bid for the school district. have to go through the process. Right. Um, there's a lot of what's called skilled and trained workforce. So, um, the contractors who work for us have to meet certain requirements by the state, right. Those types of things. But at the end of the day, the answer to your question is really yes. Mm-hmm. So we do focus on the lowest bid, right? And so um, so there's, you know, some of our work is called design, bid, build, where we'll design mm-hmm. it, we bid it out, low bid, whoever the low bid is, they build it, right? Um, through a lease, lease back process, you you have a contractor who, who has low bid, basically a, a, a percentage profit, um, and then they then will bid the job. Now through that, they can... They can be a little bit of selective with bids, um, only only if like let's say uh, we're doing electrical and somebody left off things and they you know they're they're the low bid but they didn't mm-hmm. bid everything they didn't go through right. it right so we literally will sit down with the contractor go through every single bid every single person who did bid why we're selecting one versus the other those types of things but really it, it's a low bid process yeah got it got yeah. it. Okay. Well, I know that, um, you know, people are, see the effects of measure C or measure D rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but why don't you just kind of give us a, just a broad brush on what some of the highlights are and what people yeah. can expect once construction starts with, uh, the measure measure C funds. Yeah. So we, um, so with measure C just kind of as a, a little historical part of it too. So we went out and did a facility master plan. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to Measure C, again, we or we updated it as well as a demographic plan to see where is there growth, where are we at um, as a school district, um, and so from there we kind of put together boards. So from the facility master plan, which shared the needs for every single school, right? Because you know we're also trying to to bring a little bit of um, to, to ensure all the schools have the similar or same types of of buildings, right? So mm-hmm. multi-purpose rooms, offices, libraries, computer labs, you know, um, those types of things. Um, and in particular, one of the biggest needs with Measure C in, at our elementary sites is really the addition of TK classrooms. Mm-hmm. So we have this new grade level for all school districts mm-hmm. called transitional yep. kindergarten. So all four-year-olds. Yep. So these are classrooms that need to be bigger in size and they have right. to have a restroom. Restroom. And yep. so while we're able to meet the needs of our kindergarten kids. We, a whole nother grade level of those um, types of classrooms um, was needed. So that's the really the first project at our elementary sites we're focused on is those TKK classrooms. Um, and, uh, and then really kind of framing out, you know, again, as Chris said, we're also looking at how can we phase these projects while students are on campus. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is, uh, you know, something we have to, we have to work on to deal with, but we're kind of the way we're working it first. Again, this first phase is TKK classrooms. Then we're going to do the permanent buildings, permanent classroom buildings, permanent multipurpose room office, those types of things. And then lastly, we will go then and look at our 
any portables we have on our campuses? Are we going to put a new stick-built building, so an mm-hmm. actual building there? Are we going to make it into a modular building, or are we just going to put new portables back in those areas, right? So, um, and a lot of that will be budget-based as mm-hmm. we go through over the next five, six years, right? Then we'll know that third phase, kind of how much money we have to complete those projects. Um, but with really looking at doing everything um, at all sites. And I'm going to have Chris talk a little bit about the middle schools and our continuation school. Right. Yeah. So the continuation high school is going to be a whole new campus. So currently uh, it's in what 1920s barracks. Mm-hmm. So uh, right behind that same location, we're going to build a whole brand new campus, and it's going to mm-hmm. it's going to be fantastic. Uh, one of the one of the ways we're designing this one is it's going to be a stick built building, but it's built same size as modulars. So mm-hmm. in the end, we can get some good pricing of stick built versus actually modular buildings. And uh, it'll help us make some decisions on on a couple of the other campuses moving forward. The the middle schools, a lot going to go on there. You know, like Ryan was saying, uh, one of the first things out of the gate there too is also restrooms. Restrooms is a huge one we're hitting first along with a lot of infrastructure. And all all schools, including elementaries, are getting air conditioned. So uh, as we do the roofs, we're going to do the air conditioning because – you know, the roof will be open. It's a good time to put all that equipment on the roofs and then do the roof and, we, and protect the building. So we're kind of working from the outside going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and throughout this process, too, there are certain sites where in order to keep the campus functioning as we go in and modernize buildings, we are going to have to bring in some temporary housing. Mm-hmm. So setting that up right. with this first phase, right, adding some portable classrooms to campuses um, so the kids have a place, you know, place to go, have, have classrooms, right. um, while we go in and do, do this major work. But, um, definitely the HVAC, I would say at the two middle schools, as mm-hmm. well as all the schools, right. Has been a big, you know, a, a big thing for teachers, for kids, class, you know, uh, parents, um, in terms of, you know, the air quality. Um, and it, like I said, as well as it, it, we, it, it, we have a pretty mild temperate, you know, climate here, right. We don't get a lot of hot days. Um, that said, you know, there's three or four weeks over the course of the school year where it, it's it, yeah. it's pretty rough in, in our current classrooms um, to even have kids in. Right. How about technology? I, I assume, you know, with with all the modernization going on, you're you're trying to accommodate all the new technologies that are out there. Yeah, we uh, we embrace technology in my world. So, yeah, uh, we, you know, with the um, IST director, Mr. Kolish. Uh, we work hand in hand with a lot of the technology pieces, you know, from our air tames for our TV. So there's no more projectors from our irrigation. Everything's, you know, computerized. You know, if there's a leak, mm-hmm. it shuts the systems down. You know, uh, our, our HVAC now, we can see if they're, if they're running from, from our my, my building, right? We can log in and see if the units are running, how hot they are. So we can kind of diagnose them before we even get out there. So, yeah, we're we're using every piece of technology. Same with lighting too. Lighting's part of that piece too. Safety is a big aspect yeah. as well with technology. Uh, you know, we're what people don't think about. You know, things you don't think about. How about a new fire alarm? Yeah, right. Right. Like we have fire alarms right now that are. 40, 50 years old that every time it rains, they, it starts beeping in the office. Right. And you, you don't know yeah. why. And, um, so, so that's a, a big one We're um, you know, we're, we're adding cameras Lots to a lot of our campuses, right. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not necessarily from a kid, you know, 
student standpoint, but more just, you know, Absolutely. weekends or, right. you know, people coming onto campus, those types of things that have that, uh, that visual that we can pull up. Um, and we have everything from license readers, right? Uh-huh. To, license plate readers, yeah. thermal, wow. thermal cameras. Yeah. So that's regular that's cameras. It. Yeah. So, so those wow. are all, those are all things that are, again, are being added from a safety standpoint at sites. Um, uh, of, you know, we, we already have massive Wi-Fi throughout all of our campuses, right? We yeah. have one-to-one technology for all of our kids. Um, you know, all those things that you would expect a school district to yeah. have right now, but it's some of those extra things, you know, outside, um, that's it, very cool. And then in particular at the two middle schools, we will be expanding their career technical education classes mm-hmm. so that they are kind of feeder programs for the high school. So the Excellent. green screen room, you know, they, both sites are doing, um, video, uh, video bulletins every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So kids are part of that and put it on. And, um, and then those of course then lead, um, up up to the uh, the high school. Um, we have engineering classes. We have, you know, the culinary classes, those types of things. And so a lot of mm-hmm. those have that technology component that will be addressed as we go through the campuses. Great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, when you talk about security and cameras and those kinds of things, your, your schools are public facilities, right? Absolutely. So the community has access before and after school and on weekends. And, yep. and so, um, so talk a little bit of just real quick, because we're almost out of time here, but, um, from the community standpoint, I know there's a huge accountability piece associated with every bond that you pass. So you have a, a citizens advisory committee. Um, how many people is that made up of? And just just real quickly, what's the process? Yeah, so the CBOC, uh, Citizens Bond Oversight Committee, there's actually, by law, you have to have certain groups represented. You have to have somebody from a tax organization. You have to have mm-hmm. parents. You have to have somebody from business. You know. So, And what we've tried to do is we've tried to – because. In our school district, we kind of have a city, San Luis Obispo, and then we have the coast, Morro Bay, Los Osos. And so I have four representatives from San Luis City area, and then we have three representatives from the coastal area. So seven together. Um, they meet quarterly. We have a, you know, it's 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 on our district website, all of their meetings, agendas, minutes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a public meeting. So anyone's able to come. The focus for that group really is to ensure that the district is spending these dollars Mm-hmm. bond dollars as was directed through the ballot measure. Right. So we can only spend these dollars as we said we were as the as the public approved. Um and so that's you know that's the key thing. And then also for that it's also performance. So we do audits. We do both a financial and a performance audit. Again, the performance audit ensures that we are spending the dollars as we said we would. The financial part of it as well is really you know every single project, how the money spent, um, you know, we, we have all of those documents that we review with the Citizens Bond Oversight Committee um, on a quarterly basis and talk about the projects, those types of things. Um, we've, from a public standpoint, we, you know, we, we're right now going through and talking with each staff, but we'll also do parent meetings. We'll talk to our district advisory committee meetings. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to update our district website. So my administrative assistant will, as projects move forward, as the phasing goes forward, we'll be adding these plans so people can see exactly what's going on. Um, we do have some, you know, a few of our school sites, definitely a lot more public interest by the neighbors in particular, right? So we'll go out and have neighborhood meetings just to kind of share, Hey, this is what's going on, why it's happening. Um, you know, as, as we go through this process. Awesome. Well, your website is, is beautiful by the way. And there's a ton of information, project photos, 
Um, and if you'd like to learn more about facilities, measure C, measure D, just go to slcusd.org and click on the about tab. Well, gentlemen, unfortunately, that's about all the time we have today. Uh, Ryan, Chris, thank you both once again for being on the show and shedding some light on on this really important, important issue. Thank you appreciate for having you us. being on the show. Yeah, really appreciate it. Again, it, this is something that we are really excited about. It, it's a lot of work, right? When you think about the amount of time and energy yep. that goes into it. But I will say it's super rewarding work. For sure. And so for, for Chris sure. and myself, this is what kind of, it gets us to work every day, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things yeah. we look forward to. Um, and a- after seeing what we were able to accomplish at the two conference five schools, really looking forward to finishing that off, um, you know, throughout the, the school district, all of our schools and right um, really want to be a destination place for people when they think of schools um, and, and what they should be like. I love that. A destination district. Well, obviously the district, especially facilities and the budget in good hands. So thank you both. Appreciate that. And thank you also to the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education and everyone involved behind the scenes here at Inside Your Schools, including the incomparable Mandy Dawson. Thank you, Mandy, for all you do. And thank you for joining us on yet another episode of Inside Your Schools. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.